Good morning, everyone, and you're tuning in to Sweet Talk with Elisa podcast. This is yours truly, Elisa, and happy hump day. Today's episode, I'm going to touch base with you guys since we're in the month of September. What have I been up to? What's new? What's not so new? So you want to know more? Well, sit back, relax, and let's get this show started. It's been about two weeks now since all New York City public schools have opened. I am a mom of an official third grader. Yay! I'm so very proud of my baby boy and... For him to be in a third grade and being back in school, he has been so excited and happy. But you already know, first day of school started, guess what happened? Issues with the busing arriving late for morning pickup. It makes absolutely no sense. My son has been at this school since kindergarten. And since then, I've been having issues regarding the busing, showing up late in the mornings, and also the afternoons for the drop-offs. So the third and fourth day of school, my son arrived home late in the afternoon. The first late drop-off was at 4.38 p.m. The second late drop-off was literally the next day at 5.03 p.m. You don't understand how pissed I was. I had contacted the Office of People Transportation informing them I wanted to file complaints regarding the latenesses for the morning pickup and the afternoon drop-offs. And as usual, the bus company never contacted me regarding any delays with the busing, which would cause the bus to arrive late. And now we're already in the second week of school. All of a sudden, I'm getting phone calls that uh, the bus is like five to 10 minutes away. Now you want to call me? Like, really? So... Anyways, that's the busing issue. Next issue is incidents happening involving my son at school. At school, I get a call from my son's teacher and the school nurse informing me that my son has a red mark on his hand due to slipping out of the bus. So I asked the teacher you know, what exactly happened. He said he wasn't there to see what happened because he was in a meeting that morning. So this incident occurred right when the bus had arrived at the school for the morning drop-off. And the school nurse just basically said, you know, he has a mark in his hand. So when he gets home from school, you'll probably see it. Um, She didn't witness any other, you know, things on his body that could be physically seen. So I'm like, okay. 
but I'm not understanding how my son slipped out of the bus because, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from the school nurse that his hand got caught in the door and I'm like, what? So my son has a one-to-one bus para that travels with him on the school bus to and from school. And there's a bus matron in the bus as well. So the bus matron is supposed to exit out of the bus first and then my son would exit out of the bus at the arrival for a morning drop-off at the school or even the drop-off at home in the afternoons the bus matron is supposed to assist my son getting on and getting off of the bus so how is it my son slipped i'm not understanding how did he slip i did see the red mark on his hand when he got home so i'm like okay and you know at the afternoon drop-off this was the first day that my son arrived home late from school uh the bus parent tells me I think it's his sneakers. She wants to use my son's sneakers and excuse for him slipping out of the bus. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not paying attention. I don't know what you're doing in that bus. So it's not my son's sneakers because believe me, my son wears comfortable sneakers to accommodate his needs. You know, I have a child with special needs and disabilities, so I get him footwear to accommodate his physical disabilities. You know what I'm saying? So for this bus parent to quickly complain, oh yeah, it's his sneakers. It's not his sneakers. They're not too big. They're not too tight. I just bought them over the summer for his birthday. So what are you selling me? You're not doing your job. I mean, I didn't tell her all of that, but it's just in my mind I was thinking these things. And that was that. That's incident number one on the third day of school. Now, three days later from this first incident... I had a doctor's appointment to see the rheumatologist, which I'll touch base with you guys on that in a few. But after I arrived back home from the appointment, I get a call from my son's teacher once again. And I also had spoken with the school nurse. So this is what happened. I hear a kid crying in the background very loudly. And I recognize that cry. It was my son crying. I wanted to know what the hell is going on. So once again, the teacher tells me the same thing he told me the first day he called of incident number one. Oh, I'm sorry. I hate to be the one to make these phone calls, but just wanted to let you know that, uh, you know, Ethan um, has a red mark near his temp on his temple, um, near his hairline. Um, another student had hit him and that's him crying in the background. We're in the nurse's office and i'm like what the fuck three days from the first incident now another incident occurs with my child oh you don't understand how freaking pissed off i was i really wanted to just curse somebody out that day and um yeah the teacher was telling me that uh they were trying to feed my son lunch outside of the cafeteria and my son got upset because you know, they broke him out of his routine. So that was the reason why he was crying. And then the school nurse tells me what happened that, yeah, he has a red mark on his head. Um, she doesn't see anything else, but just to monitor him when he gets home. And, you know, that's that. So I said, okay. But then I, when I spoke to the teacher, I asked him, where did this happen? Where did my son get hit at? Did it happen in the classroom? His response to me was, I'm going to say it happened in the classroom. I didn't like the way 
he answered my question because you're going to say it happened in the classroom. Like, are you sure it happened in the classroom or did it happen outside of the classroom? Did it happen somewhere else within the school building? Um, what did this student use to hit my son? Did he use his hand? Uh, did he use an object? Like, I need to know these things. And then I asked the teacher, will that student's parent be informed of what happened? He said, yes. Then he, the teacher tells me, well, you know, I have two kids. I have one in kindergarten. I have one in pre-K, blah, blah, blah. It's like, at that moment, I didn't care about the teacher's personal life. I only cared about what is going on with my son at school and not even being the first week completely there. And two incidents has happened involving my child, my son. So I had informed friends what happened. You know, of course they were pissed off as me. And I said, oh no, I got this meet and greet coming up to see this teacher. I want to know what the deal is. Because my son also has a one-to-one -one para at the school. She is supposed to be monitoring him at all times. She's supposed to be sitting with him in the classroom, you know, escorting him to the bathroom, taking him to the classroom, whatever school activities and classes he has, she is supposed to be with him. And mind you, my son is in a class of six students, including himself, one teacher, and there's also his para and I believe two other assistant teachers in the classroom. So I'm like, how is it this incident happened with my son? How the hell did this student hit him? You know, I'm trying to figure this all out myself because I remember when my son was in kindergarten, he had a student in the classroom take an iPad and hit his hand with it because she got jealous because it wasn't her turn to play with the iPad. So she was being impatient. And my son, of course, had a one-to-one -one power in the classroom. It's a requirement for him at school. You know, he goes to school for children with autism. And since my son is nonverbal and he can't really do things independently on his own due to his special needs and disabilities, he has a one-to-one -one para that is required. So I'm not understanding. Less than a week of him being in the third grade and two incidents happened. So I have this meet and greet with this teacher coming up very soon. And I'm going to speak to him about these incidents. Like, what the hell is going on? Is people not doing their job correctly? Because obviously it is. And when my son came home that day from school, I looked at his forehead and I did see a red mark on the side of his head. And I was like, I just cannot believe it. You know, like I touched his head. I monitored to him throughout the afternoon and evening until it was time for him to go to bed. The next day he woke up okay. And I just don't get it. Like, I used to work with kids. I even told this teacher, I'm like, well, I used to work with kids. And, you know, he threw it out there. Like, you know, things happen. Um, Yeah, I get that things happen, but things shouldn't happen knowing that my son has a one-to-one -one para. What was she doing in the classroom if supposedly this incident had taken place there? You know what I mean? So it's not like my son is in a average school setting with like 20 kids in a classroom you know what I mean because back in the day when I was in school there was at least 15 to 25 students in a class but since my child 
goes to school for children with special needs, it's a totally different setting. But if there's more adults in the classroom than children, this whole situation could have been prevented. I'm I'm just going to leave it at that. So when I meet with this teacher at this meet and greet that's going on at my son's school, I'm going to need answers because it doesn't make any sense of how all of this is happening within the first week of school. It just doesn't make any freaking sense to me. It really doesn't. And I'm pissed off thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? If it was their child, best believe they're going to be going to the school on the quickness and want to get answers for themselves. But what is like anybody else's kid? It's like, oh, they're just going to do their job, call the parent, inform them what happened. And that's it. End of discussion. No, when it comes to my son, mm-mm. no sorry. I mean, I remember when school started, my son's teacher had left a note for me in the notebook. I believe it was the first day of school. And it's letting me know that uh, he's new to the school and how my son has a lot of quote unquote fans at the school. So my son is a little popular little fella. And, you know, I'm kind of happy about that because a lot of the staff, you know, at the school, they, they love my son. They always say, you know, he's such a happy boy. Um, he's funny. He's sweet. I'm like, OK, so why don't you take better care of him? Just like every other student, you know what I mean? If he's supposedly Mr. Popular in school, you know what I'm saying? You would think, oh, the most popular kid would get like special treatments and stuff like that. And not that I'm expecting that for my son, because no, nobody deserves to get the special treatment. But but once I've gone to my son's school numerous times since he's been there since kindergarten, um, everybody knows whose mama I am. <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's Ethan's mom. I'm like, yep, that's me. And um, it's crazy. I'm just like so angry and so disappointed that these people, I don't know what the hell's going on at the school with the paras or the teachers in the classroom that's not paying mind to what is going on with my son. I mean, at this meet and greet, I want to get answers. You know, I may even ask to speak with the principal. Like, it's already getting to that point. Like, this is unbelievable. I don't want to hear from anybody else, just like my son's teacher telling me, oh, things happen. Um, Yeah, things happen, but not within the first few days of school. Like, that's crazy. So I'll keep you all posted regarding the situation at my son's school. Uh, once I have this meet and greet, I'll let y'all know what's up. So let's move on to the next topic of discussion. All right, now let's talk about one of my favorite topics, which is makeup. If you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, if you tuned into the podcast for now a year and a half, I've spoken about makeup. I love makeup. I'm a makeup junkie. I'm a makeup addict. <laughs> I mean, I don't wear makeup all the time, which is funny, but I have a shitload collection of makeup. So this summer was a good one for a handful of cosmetic brands because they released new products. And... Two of the brands that I've purchased products from, which is by Morphe and Jeffree Star, they did their second collab together again and released new things. So one of the things they released was a setting spray, was more of a setting mist is what it's called, in the scent Starberry. It's supposed to be a strawberry scented setting mist. I really didn't pick up the scent of strawberry. I felt like it smelled like a raspberry 
type of scent. Um, I like the way it sprays out of the bottle. It's very light, like a mist. So it wasn't too heavy on my face when I wear full face of makeup. Um, the scent doesn't bother me so much, but I do like the way the product sprays out of the bottle. So that's a plus for me. Um, it doesn't leave my face looking oily or greasy or feeling heavy when I'm wearing makeup. So would I purchase the setting mist again? Maybe, maybe not. Compared to the Urban Decay All Nighter setting spray that I've been using for past year now, it sprays so much product out of the bottle. I feel like I'm drowning. <laughs> it's crazy, you know what I mean? And the scent of it, ugh, I get confused by it. It's like, it almost smells like hairspray in a way, but I don't know. I feel like it doesn't do much for my makeup. I feel like my makeup sometimes gets a little runny if it's the summertime and it's hot and humid out and I'm wearing a full face of makeup. I feel like the Urban Decay All Nighter really doesn't keep my makeup in place. Um, as far as the Morphe Jeffree Star setting mist, I felt like my makeup lasted a bit longer. Even though I was wearing a full face of makeup, I was being light with the foundations I was using. Um, some of the foundations I was using has sunscreen in it or I was using some type of color correcting cream and not just a regular foundation like I normally would use. So I do notice a difference with the way the makeup lasts on my face using the Starberry Setting Mist by Jeffree Star and Morphe. Um, the Artistry Palette, which is the eyeshadow palette in this collab, I was uh, up in the air about it. I wasn't planning on getting it, but I do watch Jeffree Star's uh, videos on his YouTube channel when he goes on and talks about new products he's releasing and he did talk about the morphe collab and showed all the products and swatched the eyeshadow palette and things like that so majority of the colors in this palette are pink and purple and those are colors i don't really gravitate to when it comes to eye makeup um even lipstick i don't really wear a lot of pink lipstick but i went to ulta beauty and seen the display of the jeffree star morphe collab and they did have the eyeshadow palette on display as a tester. So I wanted to swatch some of the pink shades and even this gold glitter shade that's in the palette. And let me tell you, the pink shades really surprised me. Like the pigmentation of it was really good. And the glitter, a mess. <laughs> I did like a little swatch of it on my hand and I was trying to rub it off and there was like glitter all over my hand. So I was walking around like Tinkerbell with a bunch of pink seat dust all over my hand. <laughs> so it took like two hours for it to completely fade away. But um, I did purchase the palette and I got it for cheap and I ended up paying $24.50 for it. And uh, that's because that particular weekend I got the palette. Um, I had rewards to use and I also had a coupon for $3.50 off a $15 purchase. And that particular day, I purchased more than $15. So I paid $24.50 for the palette. And then, let's wind it up back a few days. I ended up receiving a delivery at my house um, days prior. Someone got me the Jeffree Star Morphe Collab Eye Brush Collection. I was caught by surprise. I couldn't believe it. The brushes are so stinking cute. And you know, pink is not my favorite color, but I know pink is Jeffree Star's favorite color. If you see his YouTube videos of his house, it's like everything is practically pink. That's his color. So I was happy I got 
the brush set. I'm going to use it for all the eyeshadow palettes I have by Jeffree Star Cosmetics. So I'm really excited about that. And the time that I have purchased the setting mist, I also purchased the Magic Star Concealer by Jeffree Star Cosmetics. You know, I, I've watched a lot of Jeffree's videos on YouTube, especially when it comes down to products he's reviewing from other cosmetic brands and even his own. And I've been purchasing makeup from Jeffree Star Cosmetics since March of this year. And I first purchased the Blue Blood eyeshadow palette. That was a birthday gift to myself for my 35th birthday in April. Um, someone gifted me from a Facebook makeup group I'm in called Makeup and Slay. Um, there was a makeup swap going on for the summer. Someone gifted me the Blood Sugar palette, which caught me by surprise. And then during the summer, there was a 30 to 40% off sale on Jeffree Star Cosmetics eyeshadow palettes, just certain ones. Someone got me the Alien palette and I ended up buying the Thirsty palette for myself. So <laughs> I have a lot of palettes by Jeffree Star Cosmetics now at home. So uh, yeah, but um, another brand I would like to talk about that released a new eyeshadow palette is Lime Crime. Now, I never tried Lime Crime before I heard about it. Um, especially with their lipstick products. Um, there's some girls in the makeup group I'm in who have their products and love it. And they launched a new eyeshadow palette from the Venus collection called Immortalis. So when I seen pictures on Instagram of this palette, I was like, wow, this is a cool palette. It has eight shades. It's a cool tone eyeshadow palette. And the packaging of the eyeshadow palette itself glows in the dark. You leave it under the light for a certain amount of time and it glows in the dark. And I instantly fell in love with the look of this palette because to me, I instantly thought of goth glam. The colors of the palette, you can create so many different looks with it, especially if you're into goth glam like I am. Perfect palette. So guess what? One day I get a delivery <laughs> and it's a Lime Crime package at my door and someone got me the Immortalis palette along with one of their liquid lipsticks in the shade Salem. And Salem is a beautiful color. It's like a really dark brown. So, you know, I was happy with that. So good summer when it comes to makeup surprises, I would say. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I think that's all the makeup I've received so far this summer and I'm happy with it. I can't wait to use the Lime Crime palette. Um, I know it's almost fall and I love doing goth glam looks around the fall and even throughout the winter, even the spring, it doesn't matter. Maybe year round I'll do goth glam looks, but I love dark makeup. That's just my thing. I could do natural looking makeup too, but I don't know. Something about goth glam really intrigues me, you know? So yeah, that's my run for makeup this summer. <laughs> um, But if there's any other new releases I should be aware about, then let me know. You could hit me up on Instagram and Twitter and let me know about it. So the last thing I want to touch base with you guys is about my health. So this is my medical update. If you had tuned into the podcast and followed up on my medical update regarding bariatric surgery, here's the latest scoop. So for the six months, I have participated in a weight management program, which 
I met with a dietitian once a month for about an hour, talking about the do's and don'ts of what to eat, what not to eat, preparing for this surgery. I had lab work done, I met with specialists, and I also attended a support group meeting. And one of the requirements for surgery, for bariatric surgery that is, I have to attend two support group meetings. So I have one more support group meeting to attend. And once I'm done with that, I have to schedule a follow-up appointment at the surgeon's office. And basically that appointment is to sign consent for surgery and to see exactly when the surgery is gonna be happening. So I'll sign consent and a date will be picked for me to have this surgery. So I'm anxious, I'm nervous, but I'm overall excited. You know, this surgery was brought up to my attention a few years ago by my endocrinologist, who was the doctor that suggested I have this surgery done because I've been struggling to lose weight for so many years. Even after giving birth to my son, I was struggling to lose weight and dealing with several medical complications along the way. Even the last few years, it's like things are happening with my body that I don't even know what's causing it. As you guys probably know, if you tune into the podcast, I've mentioned I've been seeing a rheumatologist for almost a year now. I have inflammation in my body. My rheumatologist doesn't even know where it's coming from, but she said it's not lupus, but there's something else going on. And so I have to get some more tests done. I had an x-ray done on my back to see if there's any inflammation going on in my back. I suffer from scoliosis, um, which is the reason why I'm having severe and chronic back pains. I do get pains in my joints, you know, my hands, my knees, my ankles. So I'm only 35 and it sounds like everything I'm going through medically with my health, it sounds like I'm in my 50s, 60s and older. It's crazy. But things happen when you age, people. <laughs> so it is what it is. But um, I'm hoping that this surgery will help me with weight loss. Of course, I have to be on a strict diet with this surgery. It's not an easy way out to lose weight. Um, there's medical reasons why I'm having this surgery. And I had withheld myself from having this surgery done a few years back when it was first brought to my attention because at that time... I was in a toxic, as I call it, situationship with an ex-boyfriend. And um, I wasn't getting the love and support that I would need to go through this. And, you know, to know that I would have somebody there for me while I'm recovering from this type of surgery. And being a mom, especially of a child with disabilities, special needs, it was hard on me because I was doing everything for my son and still am. And knowing that, the person I was with back then, who was supposed to be a boyfriend, um, wasn't the type of person that would show love and support at all to anyone, even yours truly. So that's why that's the past. That's history. And this is the present moving on to the future. So I'm not about the negativity. I'm not about the drama. I'm doing this surgery for health reasons. I want to live a long and healthy life. I want to see my son grow up to be a man and to accomplish so much with his life. I mean, between my son and I, we've both gone through so much in our lives and not just for medical reasons, but for other personal reasons. And you know what? 
we're stronger than ever and we're happy we're at in life and we're good but this surgery is a big step for me this is something serious this is not a joke um who knows a year from today i'm probably gonna be looking hot as shit <laughs> and i personally don't know too many people who had undergone bariatric surgery um if you have and you want to share your story your experience with this type of surgery feel free to call into the podcast feel free to hit me up on instagram and twitter share your side of the story regarding bariatric surgery what was your experience like with it um anything anything you want to talk about regarding the surgery um this is not an easy way out for me to lose weight you know there are medical factors as to why i have to get the surgery done and i'm prepared like i said this year of 2019 i turned 35 back in april after my 35th birthday i said this is it this is my year this is the year i'm focusing on me and me alone of course being a single mom taking care of my son he's good he's happy he's chilling but for me myself and i i need to work on myself no one's doing nothing for me no one's supporting me in any way I'm doing this for me. I want to be happy. I want to live a long and healthy, prosperous life. And that's it. So we'll see what happens. I'm praying for the best um, for the surgery. And I'm hoping that I'll be in good hands. <laughs> you know, um, it's nerve wracking to think about it. I mean, I've had surgery before, but for medical reasons, you know, I had my gallbladder removed. I had a lipoma from my left thigh removed last summer um it's scary surgery is scary it's not pretty but this type of surgery is for real people so once it happens um you're not gonna see me post a lot of pictures of myself <laughs> um i'm probably gonna feel like crap for the first month but you know, with people who had the surgery, everybody is different. Everybody feels differently about it when they're recovering. So I could only hope for the best. But anyways, I'll keep you all updated on what goes on regarding the surgery and much more in upcoming episodes of Sweet Talk with the Lisa podcast. So if you want to keep in contact with me, you want to say hi, you have any questions you want me to answer on the podcast, um... Feel free to hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Sweet Talk underscore Lisa. That's S-W-E-E-T-T-A-L-K underscore A-L-I-Z-A. You'll get updates about the podcast on my social media platforms. And I hope to hear from you all soon. So on that note, I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time.